would you say if I suggested that you should build a new brand in a mature, highly fragmented, price-sensitive industry? And what if I also challenged you to grow it at the same speed as a tech startup? Well, you'd likely say that's crazy talk, but it really isn't. Today, we are speaking with Sneha Visarya, founder and director of PDT Falcon, a leading Indian stainless steel home and kitchenware brand that started just about a little over four years ago. And it's been more than doubling revenue every year, a feat that I think is beyond many VC-funded startups as well. So we're going to ask her about her journey and also some of the tips and things that she's learned uh, to get so successful in such a difficult industry. But before we begin, a couple of quick reminders. Please follow Shop Talk to get the best small business insights from across Asia. And if you like the episode, and I'm sure that you will, do give us a five-star rating or head over to crazytalk.online to get the full transcript. So with that said, thank you Sneha for joining us today. For a start, maybe before we begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Hi Amit, thank you for inviting me to your wonderful talk. It's an amazing show. Hi friends, myself Sneha Vasarya. I'm the founder and director of PDD Falcon, manufacturers of steel home and kitchen products. I am an IT engineer and I've completed my master's in marketing. Before I could complete my education, I was married to a lovely man named Chirag Vasarya and my father-in-law was very encouraging. So he introduced me to his family business, that is Precision Depro, which is a 35-year-old manufacturing unit, which makes components for uh, home appliances. It's been a long journey since then. I have been associated in this business since 11 years. In 2016, my father-in-law passed away. It was his last dream that we should have a brand of our own. And to give a tribute to his dream, on his first death anniversary, we incepted PDD Falcon. And the name also was given by him uh, coincidentally. He said, we have to start a brand in the name of Falcon. So PDD is for Precision Deep Draw Private Limited, which is the parent company. And Falcon is the name of the brand, which deals with manufacturing of stainless steel, home and kitchen storage components and products. You talked about your background and uh, your business, but I think you didn't touch upon a very interesting experience that you had recently. And I just happened to stumble on it while I was looking up your company on the internet. So could you, uh, would you like to share about that as well? Our dreams got wonderful wings when we first appeared on a very popular Indian television show, Shark Tank India, which was aired on 27th of 27th of Jan 2022. Shark Tank India gave us a platform to exhibit not only our products, but the whole experience of how we built this brand. Unfortunately, we couldn't get through the investment, but it gave back a lot of learning and exposure and a big, huge uh, horizon of networking. So yes, of course, Shark Tank India was an amazing experience. Yeah, that's incredible. And you're the only Shark Tank candidate that I've ever spoken to or frankly even met. So I'm curious, um, you know, I, I went through that, uh, you know, that clip on YouTube and I know that the investment didn't work out, but there was some discussion around, uh, you did get an offer. And I saw that you and your husband, I think, left the floor for a bit to kind of discuss amongst yourselves and so on. So what was the math that you did when making the decision on not to take the offer? 
Firstly, we have closed this financial year with a turnover of 6 CR. In spite of the industry being closed for the initial three months of second wave, we could get through a turnover of 6 CR, which we have done without any marketing expense. This financial year, we are expecting to close the turnover of about 12 CR. And that was the reason we had asked for a valuation of 25 CR, which was not too high, it was hardly 2x. As you grow in this industry, which is actually more than 5,000 crore industry, I have also mentioned in Shark Tank India that per Indian uses more than 200 kgs of stainless steel in their home and kitchen for their personal utility. Stainless steel is the safest metal available in the whole ecosystem for uh, sustainability as well as safe storage. So a trend which has been accepted by large, which has been lost between the last decade by maybe plasticware or Tupperware, is coming back. What the customer wants is a very eco-friendly product, which is user-friendly and has the advantages of plasticware, say, leak-proof, a little tractor. So Falcon as a brand is trying to bridge this gap between the advantages of stainless steel with user-friendly design. So we have not made a very high forecast turnover. 12 CR is not even 1% of 5,000 crore industry, which as and when we grow the range and grow the network will definitely touch with God's grace, hopefully a turnover of 100 crore in the coming four to five years. So that is what we were expecting and that is how we came to the number of 25 CR as valuation and we asked for uh, 3% equity. We were flexible to uh, liquidate up to 6% equity, but the ask was for 10%, which was right. pretty high at that cost. So we had to reject the offer for that reason. Right. So how did you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, you obviously went to get an investment and have a shark. Yeah. Uh, of course, you feel a little bad, but when you hold by your passion, uh, you know that there are more avenues bigger than this and better than this out there in the world. And thanks for sharing that. I was very curious and uh, really appreciate your transparency on that one. So let's start at the beginning of your business, right? How did you get started? And how did you feel at that time when you were taking your first steps? So uh, as I had, uh, as I've already uh, shared the story of starting Falcon before, we were not very sure that we'll make it large. We just started with a simple, small product that was a double wall stainless steel container with airtight lid. We made it color-coded attractive. We shared it with our friends and family to see whether they like it, whether it's leak-proof, whether it's compact to be carrying along. And that is how we made a beginning. We had some networks in the local dealers, so we placed the products there. We stood in exhibitions to sell them directly on the frontline counter. So when we were doing this direct selling, there was a lot of amazing feedback coming from the women who had come to these small exhibitions to buy the products. They loved the quality of steel. That is what we really wowed on. And then they started giving us the feedback that why don't you bring a steel lid in this with a lockproof, uh, airtight lockproof thing. Then as a mother myself, I used to give my son, like he was in a transition phase from weaning and I didn't want him to take a sipper cup which he uses as a glass too in the future because that becomes very easy for a mother to carry. Yeah. So that is how we came up with the stainless steel sipper straw glass and then the product started evolving. We 
never knew when the range started from one product to 300 products so it's more about customer feedback that gave us expansion more than we ourselves trying and strategically discussing on the boardroom that we want to start this product we want to yeah. start that product it was a very evolving process so i understand during an exhibition maybe you might hear from a few people but the fact that you're in the steel business and you work through distributors how do you get customer feedback through so many layers so there are two models one is the offline model where you have uh, described about the distributor and second is the online model of course oh. but brand really got a kick start when it first launched or was first on board on firstcry.com which in 2018 was as upcoming as we were which is firstcry has made a very uh, popular mark as of now but in 2018 they were also in the initial mode of development so there was a good alignment of firstcry.com with pd falcon because we had proper baby products that they were looking for the baby bottle the zipper glass the steel container the lunch boxes that cater to their audience too so uh, we used to take reviews very seriously like i okay. and chira we personally every day look into amazon reviews firstcry reviews videos that people upload generically we never uh, have invested in paid reviews or maybe paid influencers whatever videos are available about pd falcon are purely organic so talking to these people and listening to them gave us a lot of idea about what the customer wants i'll give you a small instance about the super straw glass which you can see like i've kept here right. so we just started with a glass which is a normal stainless steel glass i knew that i wanted to, it to be leak proof and easy for my child to suck so i just started with a airtight lid and a straw so a customer came to us and he said see this straw is pretty good it's a good quality straw but i'm unable to clean it so the first thing we started is we started giving the cleaning brush then somebody else gave us a suggestion that when we are using the straw or taking it away becomes difficult to firstly carry and then there could be germs that can enter through the straw so we gave a straw cover another customer gave us a feedback that my child is very little maybe he's 2 years or so he might hurt his jaw while sucking through the steel metal straw so we gave a silicone cover in, in that way each product evolved as per the customer's feedback which came from sometimes from the direct customer sometimes from the online reviews sometimes maybe the distributors also suggested few products and that is how we started developing the products or maybe enhancing the service that we provide in the existing I like the fact that you actually sit and look through I'm sure hundreds of reviews trying yes. to figure out what you can get. Are you able to reach out to customers who write reviews or do you do focus group discussions or anything also? Honestly not all of them but yeah the people who have really given a genuine review have put up positive suggestions to solve those problems. Mm-hmm. Say maybe uh, like I've talking about this cleaning brush a person has written on Amazon that the straw is good but we are unable to clean it so we get back to them. just okay. general reviews we are unable to reach yeah, each and okay. every customer that way but we always prefer participating more on d2c exhibitions because when a customer comes to a dealer point or when a woman comes to a exhibition counter she has a lot of consumer buying behavior going on in her mind maybe on the price point the cleaning element the hygiene element the look and feel element the appeal element 
so i try to rationalize myself as a woman and a mother that if i am being standing in such an exhibition and looking to this woman and evaluating amongst the 100 200 options i have how would i prefer a product so that comes naturally in the development of the whole process and having a manufacturing setup in house helps to bring that ideology or design concept to execution so actually let's talk a little bit more about exhibitions because it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on over there yes so could you tell me first of all how do you prepare or plan out your exhibition presence and then also how do you is this designed for actually selling or really more for distributors and getting orders and also how do you then handle the feedback and bring it back to whoever needs to do something yeah that's a wonderful question because honestly i think industry related exhibitions give you a lot lot more than just exhibiting your products i have personally i feel we have grown because of exhibition so okay. there are two types of exhibitions in the market one is the direct to consumer market a type of an exhibition where you can sell your products on that platform yeah. and another ones are the b2b where you are just finding maybe a dealer point or a, a superstore etc so initially in the initial days we always preferred a d2c exhibition maybe a small one in blue sea or worli or in because i am from bombay i'm telling you some depots where there are lots of kids expo summer carnival expo so we first initially exhibited in those even we have also exhibited once in a shaadi sakhi type of an exhibition which is not directly related to the product industry but there is a lot of consumer your end customer is having a footfall there mm. so you generally get to uh, know a lot of things from that so initially it started with those exhibitions then we purely focused on the b2b ones because networking was one thing which is very important for the growth of the brand so the first exhibition we participated was in C- was a cbma exhibition that is child baby maternity expo because we had a stainless steel baby bottle stainless steel zipper so baby nursing and feeding related products were kind of the industry we were looking for so there we found firstcry.com and then we onboarded on firstcry.com this i'm talking about 2018 post then we have been regularly participating in hgh which is the home and kitchen expo which is the biggest exhibition for home and kitchen products in exhibitions first you meet your industry peers the most important part second you may not directly meet a distributor but you get a network there are people who are constantly in connect with the distributor with the dealer and with the manufacturer so these kind of sales coordinators help you to build the network and thirdly uh, we get a lot of oem business and lot of b2b direct selling business to a superstore or a hyperstore or an export market through these exhibitions so that is how we have been uh, selecting the exhibitions about the presentation uh, you won't believe we haven't spent any money on presentation for initial 4 5 years the initial 3 4 exhibitions all that we used to do is bake the racks ourselves place the products ourselves stick those uh, banners and stickers because we had a very limited budget for marketing as you've seen on uh, shark tank 2 the gp of the product is pretty low so you don't have lot of money to spend on these exhibitions because the a per square foot rate of this exhibition ranges from around 9000 to 15000 rupees so okay. our priority was to get the best spot and okay. then a lot of money used to go in those spots 
so all the decoration thing has to be done by ourselves and i and one of my maybe team used to stand there explain each and every product to the consumer coming there some might criticize the product tell you oh ye to idhar milta hai udhar milta hai. if you don't mind i can speak a little bit yeah sure and ye to tumhara bahut mehanga hai ye hai wo but then you always get to learn and at the end of the day you have collection of lot of information <laughs> from lot of people later maybe one or two years from now we have started uh, using third party services for the presentation of mm. the stock but till then we never spent lot of money on these presentations right so the feedback that you mentioned right that this is too expensive this is not fitting right or whatever now that's obviously being given to the person standing at the exhibit and i know from long back experience when i used to work for other companies and i've been to a few of these exhibitions you say something to someone there but then it has to go through many steps before it reaches the designer or or a decision maker so how do you make that happen so the advantage here for me is i am listening i am designing <laughs> okay. and i only have to convince maybe a set of 4 to 5 people so being in a family business and a small startup small startup in terms of the team that you have to work right. with in terms of designing the hierarchy is less so the decision making is fast the challenge comes when you're manufacturing the product getting it procured sourcing it from outside when you have an in-house team to it's like a canvas you you can paint whatever you want to mm. you have the colors with you so it becomes very advantages because you don't have to cross a long hierarchy you have yeah. thought a design you think there is a market for this you just go try it maybe let me ask a different question also around going to market so one side you said you're doing exhibitions and primarily now b2b but at one point of time it used to be b2c as well but you also sell online and that's amazon first cry and i'm sure a lot of other portals so what have you learned about working with all of these portals because so many small suppliers struggle right because the bigger brands get the place placement they sponsor their you know they get the premium slots and all of that how do you operate in this setup honestly it's difficult it's not that easy because now the market is so open that everybody knows everything we have to accept that fact that the consumer today is more aware than it was ever so until and unless you build that what i say in a simple word in brand is a consistency of supply when i am talking of pedri falcon as a stainless steel brand i have to be honest to myself that every stainless steel product that is going to be coming from pedri falcon has to be of an optimum quality or a standard that we have promised our consumer because stainless steel is something which has been always bought with a touch and feel it is okay. not something which you can just look at the photograph and assume that will always be good so there are not many brands in this arena if you see especially in the small segments you can count on your fingers the number of brands you have you have to build your own brand conviction on online portals you have to only survive online if you have a differentiated value and that is what we create in tradedy falcon okay. we are not a generic stainless steel brand we create that differentiation where the consumer comes to a google page or an amazon page searching that particular generic keyword maybe super straw glass so if you go for a super straw glass the first three options will always be pdd fan so okay. whichever product we are making maybe a econex container or maybe a bakelite mug or maybe a vegetable chopper with stainless steel body 
it has got some differentiation is the consumer is coming up finding and sourcing and there are not too many options for them right okay so this is interesting what you're saying is you do work on the keyword search and all of that kind of thing but you're trying to be quality led and that's your differentiation and exactly. all of these other factors are trying to support that quality exactly. focus yes. so when well a person started. comes online then they naturally seek you out essentially absolutely yes so what is the quality differentiation that you're able to achieve and how do you communicate that to the customer so primarily the focus is on stainless steel which is our forte and this is what we vouch on being a manufacturing company since 35 years first we have the knowledge of what is a good stainless steel there are three basic problems in stainless steel one is the rusting problem second is the cracking problem and third is the visual finish of the product so rusting and cracking is taken care of by using a grade called as 204 cu which is a internationally certified food grade stainless steel because it has got 50% more copper than ordinary steel the elements of rusting and cracking are reduced then comes the process where we take a lot of care while manufacturing this products and third is the in-house polishing so each and every product is hand polished which otherwise is sulfur washed or electroplated when compared to the other imported products and second in every product we are trying to bring some user friendliness which was not available in the stainless steel options in the market maybe airtight lid all steel lid etc so each product has some differentiation factor so on one side the, there's the inherent characteristics which i guess like you said you make it obvious or extrinsic by putting those certifications and then the second part is the user friendliness and that's the innovation part which is visible to the customer this is actually a really good example and i i would say inspirational also to so many other entrepreneurs because you can be in a business which is a little more traditional or mature or something like that but there is always a way to innovate you've done that through the core product the, the design element also the distribution because you're selling online and on so many different channels you've done so many things over 4 or 5 years what were some of the challenges maybe that you faced or perhaps some difficult decisions or choices that you had to make uh, you know to get the business to where it is now as an entrepreneur you're always confident about your product you believe in your uh, product your brand your service but at times there are lows where the sellability goes low and because maybe a price point has taken over a gifting order mm. or maybe a customer has given a very bad review on you which is not relative so there are ups and lows every day and when you're working with your husband who is going to be taking <laughs> care of the production and finance it gets altogether more personal mm. because at times i would have to be telling him why don't we compromise on the quality and try to bring the price low that like the other peers there is this big order which we are missing out on mm. just because of being uh, maybe a little little costlier than the peers at that time there is this pull where two founders have to fight mm. and when you have to fight with your husband it's it's really <laughs> very tough it's really very tough so these points really take you down and make you feel that really is it worth the effort is really there a market which i feel is appreciating the quality but then you come you bounce back 
there is one bad day and then there is another day where you get a wonderful order or superb review a lot of customers coming back to you so the ups and downs in the process is one thing which is really difficult for an entrepreneur where you really ask the question what qualities or what commitments i have made for the brand is is it at the cost of what i am working towards there is one issue second is the learning cycle like the packaging the selection of the channel the selection of the team member you might make some wrong decisions at a point of time which may cost you a high amount maybe a default or maybe a bad debt when you are a entrepreneur that working capital blockage of uh, maybe a exceeding credit cycle really pulls you back because you have lot of missions to accomplish you have a marketing budget you have to uh, invest in your working capital you have to be giving schemes to the customer you have to be paying to end to end suppliers etc and a bad mango in your selection can really pull you back can hold up your working capital big time and uh, all your ideas and executional plans can get stuck at that point of time and then again you are asking yourself oh my god have i made the right decision to choose this hard steps so as a friend to millions of entrepreneurs who might be listening to me at that point that those low days really teach you the best entrepreneurial lessons it is not always the good 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 things in the entrepreneurship but it is tough tougher toughest right it never gets better the moment you solve one problem there's always a second problem standing out for you but these are like those jumping hurdles the moment you jump one you know that you can take a bigger leap on the second one so you become a better person a better business person every time you solve a problem yeah that that's true and i guess that's similar to life as well i mean i think yeah, challenges absolutely. are what make you stronger the biggest challenge comes when your funds are low because for every startup till they are bootstrapping or even when there is an angel investor coming in uh, money is something that quantifies all your efforts how yeah. much ever you can talk about quality or you can talk about marketing uh, money is something what judges that how well are you doing so all these decisions are related to your cost accounting because i am from a manufacturing background i will be talking about cost accounting which generally is not a term to be talked about but yes it is very related to your day to day things so uh, chirag looks after the finances and he discusses with me that every small expenditure maybe something small like uh, giving a freebie is a cost to your end product if you are earning 10 rupees x 100 rupees in your one product that mm. 20 rupees has gone away it is not going to be coming back to you right. have you relatively got the result for that 23 rupees which may in future uh, give you a 2000 or a 20000 rupees is what you have to ask as a marketer as a designer as a person sitting on the other side of the finance every day so people like me who are looking after the product development or marketing i would really tell them to be equally associated to the financial decisions of the company which helps a lot to analyze and quantify the result of your effort yeah okay that's a that's good uh, advice essentially even if you're on the creative side product side and you're only thinking about how to make a better product you still need to tie it back to the numbers exactly. because if exactly. you run out of money it doesn't matter if you exactly. have a great product yes 
So a lot of startups today use this term called burning rate because I am from a very conventional business background, a family business is fundamentally driven, conventionally driven. We never understood this concept called as burn rate. If you're not getting a return on investment of maybe 12-13% on your uh, effort, if you're not getting that returns, how do you judge what you're doing is correct or no at the long run? Because a decision may not immediately give you a result, it may give you a result maybe five years down the line. But how will you judge that or quantify it today is the important question. So I'm proud to say that Falcon, uh, since its first year, where we made a very small turnover of maybe 10 lakh rupees has always been maybe in the first year we had a break even but post then we've always been getting an ROI of about 13 to 14 percent which is pretty satisfying yeah pretty satisfying with a growth rate of 220 percent year on year yeah that's amazing and that's why I mean at the start of this episode I was talking about how that is like revenue growth of 2x, 3x every year is something even tech startups would be quite happy to achieve. So maybe let's talk about that as well. You mentioned that much of your initial growth and stuff at least came through exhibitions and you do D2C online channels as well. So what are some of the tactics that you use to get your business partners, your distributors, dealers, etc.? How did they decide to work with you? How did you convince the first few people? Purely through quality of steel. So we started with the South market, which traditionally is a steel loving market. So our first big distributor came from the city of Chennai, Tamil Nadu, who is 10 times bigger than the than the brand. So okay. when you're working with a distributor who is 10 times bigger than you, you have a lot of lot of quality commitment to give. So if you see a Tamil Nadu market, it is not steel buying, it is steel shopping. So a biggest store in Mumbai would be a small counter of some stainless steel <laughs> yeah. uh, store in South in South India. Right. So they they love buying stainless steel, and for them the steel should shine like silver. So the moment you take a Falcon product, you see that shine, you see that weight, you see that you know that this is not an ordinary halka steel. It's a very good premium quality steel which has been made with a very systematic process. And second, the consistency that you get in Falcon products, you don't get generally in the non-branded stainless steels available otherwise. So the first distributor we got through a reference from an exhibition, took the product, saw the product, and he gave us the first biggest order. And he has been there with us till date and maybe our kids will be working with him, I'm very sure about that because he's a wonderful person. He, they taught us a lot of things and then we started building a sales coordinator network mm. where there will be one coordinator per state. This okay. coordinator will be responsible for making distributors and then dealing with the secondary dealers that whether the distributor has been getting the right quantity of orders or not. So that is how we started making clusters of states and we appointed one sales coordinator per state. He'll be dividing the territory and allocating one distributor. So the distributor generally is from the industry who has been selling these kind of products. The primary criteria is his credibility, how well he's acquainted with his own dealer network and uh, does he has a sales team of his own. So that are the three things in priority. Because the product was good, there was a good range to offer. There is a positive ROI that 
the dealer or the distributor gets while selling the product the cycle time of the sales is less so fortunately we were able to get many distributors in a very short time so first 10 distributors selected us later the 30 distributors we selected them got it and that and was we are very selective still in terms of the distributors we appoint for the brand because they are your identity they are your yeah. face the dealer is going to be counting the credibility of the distributor while keeping or placing the product on a rack yeah and actually i took away a very interesting insight over here i mean apart from the way that you set up your dealer network the fact that you went to the hardest or rather the most high standard market is very interesting because normally one would try to go where there's less competition or it will feel like it's an easy market and you build a foothold there but because you went to the place which has the highest standards you number one knew that you could compete in such a market and number two is they were able to teach you all the best practices exactly. which you wouldn't have got elsewhere this i think going through the harder way helps you in a long run mm. we should always prefer the best 10 of the industry maybe any industry you're looking for you should aim for the best customer make it a conviction that i have to tap him whatever he wants i'll get it, get it done because if he agrees to me and he is there on boards mm. it becomes a testimonial for me that this fellow is there the others right, follow right. yeah that's amazing <laughs> this is very this is very interesting yeah this is relative to i think all the industries possible and because this podcast is also being aired on china i would just like to appreciate one few of our chinese friends that this is what they taught us okay because they are extremely hard working they would never say no to anything say if i want to make an aeroplane my chinese friend will always say okay it will be done this is what i learned from them that why should we have reasons if your customer is wanting it you have to do it come what may because that is what you call a market because there is a demand and a supply so if there is a demand and you give reasons to that demand then you should not stand in that market you are not fit to stand in that market mm, interesting okay so maybe one you know couple of ending questions or final questions so one is what is it that keeps you motivated and keeps you going in your business we talked about how there are so many challenges and you feel bad on from time to time but what keeps you going first the most important thing is your customer feedback you feel so personal when somebody appreciates the product you feel as if somebody is appreciating you or complimenting you so when a customer appreciates a product or writes on an amazon or comes to us and says are wow this was the product we were really looking for is something that drives you to do much better than what you have done till now and secondly is your team hmm. because the people who are associated with you are completely dependent on your decision making for their own life Mm. So it is not just uplifting your life it is uplifting all the people associated to you uh, or the product or the brand maybe your supplier or your stakeholder or your job worker or even a small helper who might be just cleaning the product mm. you are responsible for them one wrong right. decision and uh, their life is jeopardized you have backups they right. don't So yeah, these are the two right. things that drive us to do better every day with the help of the brand. Okay, so one last question. So based on your lessons from the last 4 or 5 years or even frankly from your time before because you've been associated with the business in a different way. 
what might you have done differently or maybe what is some advice you'd like to give aspiring entrepreneurs lot of questions <laughs> i am not yet eligible for that we haven't achieved the big benchmark yet there is lot more to do but i think staying there and sticking to your conviction is the most important thing not to lose hope and keep on working towards your goal really helps you really helps be passionate in what you're doing and keep on doing that consistently every passing day with the same conviction like you started doing the first day that helps a lot consistency and conviction is the only thing that will sail you through the entrepreneurial journey and the second point of staying in the game is to have a wonderful team if you have the right people on board pushing the cart in the right direction nothing is impossible right thanks a lot sneha i think this has been a fantastic conversation i mean especially for me i have pretty much zero knowledge about steel and steel products so it was really fun and quite insightful for me and i think for folks listening to this also there's a lot of interesting tips that you shared which they can use in their own journeys so let me just summarize a few points one is around using networks to grow so you start with something that you know and then you work with that as a basis the second one which is a point i liked very much which is to pick the toughest market because if you do that then you get the most learnings you build the best practice and you have a reference which anybody else would recognize and want to follow third one i think around customer feedback the fact that you use feedback in so many forms like directly to your face essentially in exhibitions but also the online reviews and any other sources your dealers distributors etc on the competition front i think you mentioned beating them on quality and differentiated design versus price you also shared a lot of very interesting points around going to market so one around exhibitions second around how you got your first distributors and then how you built up this whole state by state network and also on the portals the fact that you're not really trying to be the cheapest or something like that on the portal you're trying to stand out for quality and the portal is just a place where people can find you then i think towards the end you talked about staying in the game and keeping at it consistently so thank you so much uh, sneha for joining us today and for those listening if you like this episode and i'm sure you did please do rate it 5 stars you can get the full transcript online and also a link to pdt falcon so thank you once again sneha so we were sneha and amit with shop talk thank you for listening see you next time